0: You play ball like a girl!
1: Aren't you a girl?
2: Keep good eye. I'm a girl. That doesn't mean I have to wear a skirt. It's not a girl thing. It's not a boy thing. It's a skills thing. When I first started playing tennis, women weren't really encouraged to play sports, let alone excel in sports. Just want to play ball. Welcome to Ball Like a Girl, and here's your host, Olivia Stacey.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to a new edition of Ball Like a Girl presented by Heavy.com. Happy to have you join us this week. We have a little different format than in the past. Usually, we interview an influential woman in the sports landscape and we discuss a variety of topics with her. This week, we're taking a different approach. We're talking with three women. With the 2018 Winter Olympics quickly approaching, we thought it would be an ideal time to feature a team that is one you'll definitely want to keep an eye on—the U.S. Women's National Hockey Team. One word that comes to my mind when I think of this group of women is fierce. And they've already made history on and off the ice. If you aren't familiar with this team and their backstory, I'll give you a brief recap. Earlier this year in March, the team vowed to sit out the World Championship games unless they were making meaningful progress in their negotiations with USA Hockey, which is the sport's governing body. They essentially boycotted the World Championship, demanding more support by the league and a livable wage. The women's requests were more than reasonable. They wanted a $60,000 salary and the same treatment that the men get including the ability to bring a guest to competitions, disability insurance, and equal travel accommodations. So, for example, players on the women's team flew coach while the men traveled to games in business class. The good news is a deal was struck in March 2017, just three days before the start of the World Championship Games. After intense negotiations, the U.S. women's team emerged victorious in more ways than one. They went on to play in Worlds and claimed gold against Canada in overtime. I mean, talk about excelling under pressure, right? However, their fight for equal pay and support is part of a long-standing and complicated battle. And it's not one that just they face. It's one that all women's sports teams face, and it really transcends sports. Equitable pay and support is something that many women across many different industries have been fighting for, For a long time now. So, in this week's podcast, we're featuring three interviews with members of the US women's hockey team Hillary Knight, Kendall Coyne, and Nicole Hensley. The first is Hillary Knight, who is a two time Olympic silver medalist and arguably the world's best player. She's been playing with the US senior national team since she was 17. Hillary offers valuable insight on the growth of the game, shares what she's looking forward to in the 2018 Olympics and talks about why she felt this team was the right team to take a stand for equitable support. Take a listen. This will be, well, you're a two-time Olympic silver mm. medalist, so this will be your third Olympics. What are you hoping to take away from the experience?
0: Um, to be honest, I think uh, you know you go to your first Olympics, and you're just happy to be there. And then you you don't get the result that you want, so you want to go to your second one. And then you realize how hard it is to make that team. And then when you're there, you feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, so potentially going into my third Olympics, I think somewhere bridging bridging the two is um, one of my responsibilities as a veteran player is to make sure that some of the first timers. I don't consider them rookies by any means, but um, they feel comfortable and how do we maximize their potential on a world stage. But also too, to be able to enjoy the experience because it is so hard to be a part of Team USA and to make Team USA and represent your country. So with the healthy combination of everything, I think having a good balance and competing hard but also enjoying everything that's around and soaking in the Olympic experience.
1: And this team is known for its determination on and off the ice. Um, obviously, the, the stand that you took uh, before the World Championship saying, you know, we need equitable pay, we need equitable support, mm-hmm. uh, because it was much more than just pay. Why was this team the right team to do that, to make that stand?
2: Um,
0: I think our team was the right team to make that stand because we developed and cultivated a culture where we're empowered from within. Um, and that is so, so rare at this level, and even more so when your job is online and you can get cut at any second. Um, so it just speaks to the culture that we're part of something bigger than ourselves. And that's a mantra that everybody embodies and lives day in and day out. And um, it's, it's easy to say, you know, you'd be up to, you know, put your spot on the line and potentially not play for the next generation. But to actually do that and grow together through that challenge and embark on that journey together has just made us that much more stronger as a group.
1: You had support from not just obviously the team was very unified in that stand, but there were NHL players, mm-hmm. you know, who were supporting the cause. And um, I know younger athletes who were called to take your place, who said, no, we're standing by this team. What did that what did that mean for you?
0: Um, You know, I I knew we would have the support in the hockey community. I think what surprised me the most about the equitable support battle was everything outside of the hockey world. Um, Granted, we had a lot of parents calling us and thanking us and, um, you know, other players from other countries asking us how we did that. But I think I was most impressed that it, it really transcended sport. And I think as an ambassador, as an Olympian, all of us are trying to leave a legacy and leave the sport better than we entered. Um, and when that happened, it sort of, it was great, because we realized we were impacting other people's lives in a positive way and sparking change and um, hopefully empowering people all over the world.
1: Yeah, it definitely transcends hockey and sports.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but your, your case is very similar to what the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team is going through. Um, when you look at professional women's sports in general, you know, and to know that you're, you're kind of a poster child for this movement, what does that mean to you, and what do you hope that, um, you know, is the biggest message that you send?
0: Um, I mean, that's kind of a loaded question, but <laughs> I think honestly, and it, and it sounds so cliché, but if you believe so strongly about something and you know it's going to help other people in a, in a positive way, then you need to go out and do it. Um, if it's going to impact the next generation in a healthy way, go do it. And be strong in, in fervor in your beliefs. Um, it just it's so easy to sort of be a fair weather fan of different causes and champion different things, but in your heart, if it's something that you actually feel strongly about, then you need to impact change.
1: And with the negotiations that were going on, um, you know, right before the world championship, what what did you find was the most important for you when you looked at you know all the things that you were hoping to get out of it? Um, you know, because I think from talking to several members of your team, pay was yes important, mm-hmm. but it was. There's so, many, so yeah. many issues combined. So for you, like, what, what was that one thing that you hoped um, to accomplish?
0: Honestly, it was resources and marketing for us because we have great players, great talent. Essentially, if you're looking at it from company terms, we have a great product, but then how do we connect the product to the consumer? How do we get our games on people's TVs or our games streamed in front of people? How do we become that dinner time conversation that everyone's talking about? and really we're only in that conversation every four years so how do we bridge that gap and I think that's what I'm most excited about is to see the way women's hockey is going to unfold because it's not only a very exciting time in our sport specifically but just when we're on the world stage um, as women in sport it's a great time to be a female.
1: You know this team is fierce and you're a fierce competitor um, so I want to talk about you, know, you individually where does that fierceness come from that like that relentless spirit that you have on and off the ice where do you where do you come up with your inspiration i mean obviously all of these things but yeah. that seems to be ingrained in you from the time that you were little
0: mm-hmm. um i'd say a part of it's from my mother i mean i had the honor and the privilege to have a strong female figure in my life um, who really helped guide me and i have three younger brothers and i'm also the oldest so um, sort of the balance of you know, her not treating me any differently than my brothers and the boys, and also being the oldest, knowing, you know, it's my responsibility to set a good example. But also, not only am I the oldest, but I'm the only girl, so I need to be better than them at many things, so I need to work harder, and I need to spend, um, you know, if I have 24 hours in a day to do something, I need to make sure that I'm structuring my day in order to accomplish the things that I need to accomplish. But um, no, I'd say having my mother just guide me through this journey, but then also my brothers be able to hold me up and also instill that competitiveness um, that hopefully I can take on the ice and um, use as a part of this team.
1: And you mentioned the, the Time Is Now tour. Uh, what does that mean to you? When you hear the Time Is Now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what meaning does that have?
0: Um, I think the Time Is Now, it's, it's powerful just because it's it's now. I mean, it's so actionable, um, and that's why I'm extremely excited about our game series against Canada because it is the most beautiful rivalry in sport. And we tend out, we tend to bring out the best, but the worst in each other at the same time. It's a great competitive atmosphere. It's wonderful for the fans, and it's also good for us to kind of, you know, see where we match up against one another, and then get, get that perspective of being in a sold-out arena and um, having the emotions flow through your body and figure out how you how you perform on high-pressure situations. So, it's a win all the, all around and I'm uh, hoping that we can only continue to hit more cities, I guess, as we, as we move forward and advance women's hockey along the way years down the line.
1: My last question for you is, you know, when people are sitting at home watching your team compete in the Olympics, what's maybe an interesting tidbit of information uh, that they wouldn't otherwise know about this team that you hope that people watching know about the the group of women uh, that are competing for Team USA? Um,
0: Or just even something fun. Yeah, I mean, I I think the the hardest thing is to sort of understand the sweat equity that goes into that moment that people are seeing. Um, Essentially, to be an Olympian, it's not every four years, it's every day. And then for our team, we break it down even further it's every single decision that we make needs to positively impact our team so when you have 23 women doing that it is a strong atmosphere um, and then balancing that we also like to have a lot of fun so knowing that everyone's doing their responsibility upholding themselves as best they can um, within the team but also we, we like to let loose and you know enjoy the experience and the journey that we're on because it is so hard to be here and Um, If you're not enjoying it and soaking it all in, then you're sort of on the wrong team.
1: The women's ice hockey team took a huge step forward when they reached a historic pay deal in March. And while equal pay and benefits is more than warranted, as Hillary just stated, it was about more than money. The women also demanded equitable support, which included additional marketing efforts to advance the growth of the game. I also spoke with Ford Kendall Coyne, who is an Olympic silver medalist and is preparing for her second Olympic Games. Kendall shares how she started playing ice hockey, why she felt the need to take a stand for their team, and how others responded to the boycott. I just want to start from the beginning of your hockey career. How did you start playing, and when did you realize this could become a professional career for you? Uh,
3: I started playing hockey when I was three years old because of my older brother, Kevin. He's three years older than me. Uh, my parents put him in hockey skates, and I told them I want to be like him. I want to do what he does, and that was hockey. But my parents actually put me in figure skates. Um, but you know, I quickly realized as a three-year-old they were different than his, and I wanted to do what he did. And um, sure enough, after a week in figure skates, my parents were like, she wants hockey skates. So that's how I switched to hockey, and uh, haven't looked back since. But um, I'd say the first time I realized that this could this could be something um, was when I was 11 and I went to the Pee Wee tournament in Quebec City with an all-girls team and seeing other girls from all over the country and the elite level that they were at such a young age made me realize that this sport um, can really bring you places.
1: And is that something that you hope to translate to other young women who are playing, you know, who are are growing up and thinking about sports? Is that something that you try to let them know that this can become a profession?
3: Absolutely, and sport brings you so many more experiences than a win and a loss. Um, The amount of places I've seen, the things I've done, um, you know, the education I received because of this sport is um, just so surreal and something that cannot be put into words. I hope every young girl you know, tries a sport one day because um, it'll bring you to endless and endless amount of
1: opportunities. And you were a part of the team uh, boycotting the world championships. And that was a big decision that the team made. Can you discuss your role in that and why you felt it was so important to take a stand mm-hmm. um, for equitable pay and for also some of the marketing efforts to, to build these development programs for other young athletes?
3: Yeah, our stand was a stand together, a stand for women's sports, a stand for women's hockey, uh, and a stand for, you, for hockey in the United States. Um, It wasn't necessarily one person's role was different than the other. This was something that we were unified among and uh, that's the reason we were able to become successful. Um, But obviously the fight doesn't stop there. We can continue to fight and realize that this is impacting the next generation of girls. And um, that's our goal is to make this game um, better for them and leave this game, you know, with it being better for those young
1: girls we run into every day at the rink.
3: And you mentioned that it's not just about
1: hockey; it's about all of women's sports mm-hmm. um, and, and creating that equality and bringing that attention, um, you know, to how hard you train, to how hard you work. What was the biggest takeaway that you think the people realized, you know, from that? Because it wasn't just about pay; it was about mm-hmm. so much more than that. So, what do you feel was the most important thing that people learned in that process?
3: I think it was. Educating people that this isn't an equal pay case. This is a, this is a case about equitable support um, And I think one of the biggest takeaways from uh, the boycott was people started to recognize women's hockey um, If people were intrigued by our world championship They were intrigued to see what kind of team we were because obviously we were strong-willed off the ice But they wanted to see how strong we were on the ice and uh, we were obviously able to come home with a victory So that was pretty sweet, but um,
1: yeah I think you had a career high, right, of, for you personally, mm-hmm. you beat your career um, best in that championship, did, that um, yeah, was putting up 12 points in five games, right, mm-hmm. for you, did you feel that the negotiations off the ice and that whole movement motivated you even more to go prove how strong this team was on the ice?
3: Uh, absolutely. I think that's, you know, that was obviously in the back of all 23 players' minds every time we stepped on the ice. Um, you know, for me individually, I think that tournament, the, op- the opportunity of playing on home soil, having your family and friends there is something that's pretty special and unique. And um, that's something that really made me strive was just having my team behind the team uh, in the stands every game.
1: You know, obviously this is an Olympic year um, and, and we're a few months out. So how does your mindset shift in an Olympic season?
3: Uh, it changes obviously because last year was my first non-Olympic year, not in college, so um, I was kind of figuring that out. I was playing with the Minnesota Whitecaps, living in Colorado, training uh, day in and day out with a football group, and um, so it was you know figuring that out. But this opportunity during an Olympic year is something we look forward to because we finally get that opportunity to feel like pro athletes, to train together, to be together. Um, we're obviously all over from all over the country, so um, it's the year that we look forward to the most. And I know some people are like, it's weird, you're away from your families and, you know, whatever the case may be, but it's, we love this game and this is, you know, hopefully we can work that we can have this all
1: the time. Mm-hmm. How would you describe this team as, yeah. if you had to you know, give it a personality or describe it in a few words? I'm sure that's really hard because yeah. you have such diversity mm-hmm. amongst each other, but I feel like you're very unified as a team as well. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you describe that to people?
3: Uh, I would say we're, we're definitely unified. We're bold. Um, We like to win, Um, we like to have fun, Um, and at the end of the day we have each other's backs no matter what, and uh, I think that's the greatest feeling, knowing that the person to the left and the person to the right of you is always gonna have your back when you go into battle, when you're off the ice, or whatever the case is. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely a special group and um, one
1: of the most special I've been a part of for sure. To become um, a professional women's hockey player, for people who aren't familiar with the commitment, Mm what does that look like? I mean, what kind of sacrifices do you have to make to get to this level?
3: So I usually tell people, you look at your, you know, your favorite, you know, professional athlete that you see day in and day out throughout the media that gets the coverage that they deserve. Um, we work just as hard. Uh, we don't. We're not always in the limelight, but we're not always getting paid as much as those athletes. But we work just as hard, if not harder, because we have to make ends meet at the end of the day.
1: And looking ahead, um, back to the Olympic discussion. Mm-hmm this team's ultimate goal is gold. Yep. Um, how how do you mentally prepare for that? Yeah, the mental preparation is obviously
3: just as important as the physical preparation, if not more important. And this team, a lot of the players know what it's like to lose, they know that feeling, and it's putting that feeling aside and looking to the players that haven't lost before and using their energy that that they, they bring every day. And um, I think, you know, it's just, Knowing how hard you worked, what you've put in, and wanting to come away with a gold, and um, you know everyone has brought their best every single day to the to the rink, and you know there's not much more you can ask. So it's just executing
1: when the time comes. You know this might be an odd question, but what do you think is the biggest misconception that people might have about women hockey players?
3: Um, I'd say the first misconception about women's hockey is that it's not physical because. In the rule book, there's not checking, um, but if you turn on a game, you come to a game, it's pretty physical. Um, and I would say the second misconception people might have about a woman, ho- a, fee- a woman who plays hockey is, um, you know, we're not as we're not as strong as the men, um, we're not as fast as the men, we're not as talented as the men. Um, and I just challenge them to come out and see a game. And um, granted, you know, we don't, we're not at that NHL level, but um, in our world, we are. Yeah, you guys are
1: fast. <laughs> I was sharing some clips on social media, and I got a lot of um, in, in, impressed comments. So, <laughs> and so I agree with that. Um, now, on a personal note, you're engaged to—is it Michael Schofield? Schofield. Schofield. Is that yep. How you pronounce it? Okay. Yep. Um, so, a fun question: Do you guys train together, and, and how, how um, do you motivate each other? Obviously, very different sports, but yep. both being professional athletes.
3: Yep. We train together, and um, you know, he kind of through, especially through the boycott, he was. He was our biggest supporter my biggest supporter saying you guys deserve this because he knows what it's like to be treated um, pretty well Um, and so i think you know that was awesome to have his support but uh, yeah we do train together Um, it's awesome to have another elite athlete um, you know with you every day someone who knows you knows you better than yourself Um, so it's it's definitely enjoyable and you know we always we always go at it a little bit football hockey you know whatever the case is is he going to be able to come and support you in the olympics oh yes he is i think he's more excited than everybody <laughs> so far um he's coming from the football world he's uh big into tailgating um, so he's very concerned how he's going to be doing tailgate, the hosting the tailgates for the families in south korea but uh he's very very excited and um you know, like i said he's he's our biggest supporter he's my biggest supporter and uh just the respect that he has for all women's sports is uh, something that I always, you know, appreciate because he, a lot of, you know, men don't necessarily have the respect um,
1: that we deserve. Yeah, definitely. And um, when you look at the Olympic experience, of course, the goal is to capture gold, but mm-hmm. from just being in that environment, what what are you hoping um, that experience is like for you? And what are you really looking forward to?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. H- having it be my second time. Going there, I take a lot from the first experience and the things I would have done differently, and the, and that is enjoying the experience a little bit more, um, enjoying the moment, the little things, uh, just the ex- the little experiences that you that make you wake up and realize you're at the Olympics. Um, you know, you watch those at home as a kid, and um, sometimes you just have to pinch yourself and be like, "I'm here," um, and just enjoy the little things and and just be just be in the moment and hang out with the other athletes watch their sports and uh, but obviously going in knowing you have a job to do
1: Um, so it's 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 a fine balance an an immense amount of pressure Mm -hmm. because you've worked your entire life for that one moment right it's a balance to enjoy it so how how can you achieve that balance how do you minimize the pressure when you're in South Korea Korea the second time around
3: yeah I think we we kind of do that on a daily basis is there's always distraction especially with like so Especially with social media these days, and um, you know, there's there's always distractions, and if we continue to limit them on a daily basis, when we get over there, it's not new. Um, obviously, the pressure does increase being at the Olympic Games, but it's obviously having each other there to lean on and to ask questions and to go through go through the experience with. That's why we're so blessed to play a team sport. Uh, there's there's going to be 23 of us over there, and uh, we're so lucky. You know, sometimes we run into the figure skaters and they're by themselves or you know it's you realize how fortunate we are just to play a team sport and to have to have 23 friends automatically over there
1: you mentioned social media how was the reaction um, back to the, the boycott and we're switching subjects but um, what kind of reaction did you get on social media was it mixed or was it mainly support I would I would say ma- majority
3: support uh, very very supportive and I think part of that was due to our unified message. There was no mixed messages. Um, we were all unified on the things that we were saying, the things that we were posting. And um, I think that created a, our, our strong position.
1: And um, this is how we're moving forward. Anything else that you want to add about um, your Olympic preparation or just this team in general that you feel is important for people to know?
3: Um, I think that the, this team, I mean, it's a special team. And um, you know, we, we prepare the same way. That we're every day, and you know when we approach a game, we're not approaching a game differently based on the opponent we're playing. We're approaching the game, um, focusing on us and um, our just our preparation. And one last
1: question for you: the slogan around this team has been "the time is now." Mm-hmm. Um, so, a question for you is: you know that has I mean so many different meanings. What does that mean for you?
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It has so many different meanings, but it the time is now. I'm. Uh, it's been 20 years. Um, we, it, can't, it can't wait another four years. Uh, the time is now, and um, there's a whole nation behind us, and there's a whole nation uh, wanting us to bring home that gold medal. And so I think we all know that, and um, with the entire country behind us, there's no reason not to bring it home.
1: My last interview in this episode features rookie goaltender Nicole Hensley, who had an impressive performance at the 2017 World Championship Games, including an 18-save shutout against Canada. In this interview, she talks about her experience on the team, what she thought of their boycott, and what led her to this point in her hockey career. The team is known for its determination on and off the ice um, with the... The boycott of the World Championship and the fight for equitable pay, and, and um, just all of the things that this team has taken a stand for. So how do you personify that? Um, you know, how can you translate to people? You know, the, the personality of this team, the fight on this team.
2: Um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Is is we're so united in everything we do, and I think um, everything we've done off the ice with the boycott and standing together and. That just brought us even closer than we already were, which uh, you know is only going to help us on the ice. I think that's the the biggest thing is is this team doesn't just want you know to win the gold for each individual player on the team, but it's truly for you know all the little girls watching in the U. S. And, and everyone dreaming of being in this position. And um, at the same time, with those that have come before us and laid the path, like we want to do it for them. And I think that's something that this team is all about is being part of something bigger than ourselves as opposed to it's it's not about the 23 of us in the locker room it's about um, you know all the girls playing hockey across the country. And I think this team
1: too um, and, and all that you've accomplished on and off the ice it also is a stand for all of women's sports. So what message do you hope that that sends to um, people in general about the, the attention, uh, and not just about the pay, but the, the media attention, the support, uh, the development programs? What message do you hope uh, stands out uh, in that fight?
2: Um, for me, I, I hope that it stands out that, you know, like, girls can't dream of what they can't see. And so, you know, to for little girls to be able to grow up and believe that they can be you know, not just an amazing athlete but stand out in any field of work, they have to be able to see it. Um, and so I think, you know, whether that be on TV, YouTube, um, you know, anything, we, you have to get it out there, you have to showcase it so that, um, you know, everyone can, can see that it's possible.
1: And It's obviously the Olympics are quickly approaching. Uh, can you talk about your mindset and uh, what you're really looking forward to in South Korea?
2: Uh, yeah, my mindset is just doing everything I can to get better, and and uh, making sure I'm giving everything I have in practice to make sure not only I'm getting better, but forcing my teammates to get better as well. Um, and I think that's how that's what's so great about this team is like we've got people doing their best every day, which only makes the next person better. So. Um, I think that's what's going to help us in the end and then uh, I'm just really looking forward to being in the village with all the other athletes and really to be able to compete on you know, the top stage in the world. What is that commitment uh, to get to that level? What does that look like
1: um, as a young athlete? And when you look back at the moments in your life that led you to, to this moment in your hockey career, how, how, do you, how can you express that to people, the sacrifice and the commitment that it takes?
2: Yeah, I think people forget, uh, especially like training for, for an elite sport and um, to be an elite athlete, every single decision you make matters. Um, so, you know, what you're going to eat, when you're going to go to sleep, like the time you're going to spend on your mental game, how many, you know, hours in the gym or on the ice, like every, every little thing matters and you have to make the correct decisions or a lot of good decisions over a long period of time. And so it's just being really consistent and really diligent about, um, giving everything you have to what you want in the end and not what you may want in that moment.
1: This team pushes each other, you're very competitive, you're very close-knit, you use the word unified, um, but you guys have a lot of fun together too, right?
2: <laughs> oh yeah, we have, a, we have a lot of fun together. Um, you know, we, we like to keep the mood light in the locker room, there's a lot of jokes and some pranks every now and then, um, you know, things like that. Like we spend a lot of time together so if it's just serious, serious, serious all the time, you know, people are Probably going to go a little crazy so you know yeah we've got we've got some good pranksters and jokesters on the team who like to lighten up the mood.
1: Much thanks to Hillary, Kendall and Nicole for taking the time to talk with us. We're going to be providing continued coverage of their Olympic journey on heavy.com so make sure to check back with us on those articles and videos. And if you're listening to us for the first time or didn't have a chance to listen to last week's episode, I talked with Paige McKenzie, who is a former LPGA golfer and co-host on the Golf Channel. She discusses the challenges women in golf face, how she transitioned from an athletic career to broadcasting, and much, much more. You'll definitely want to take a listen. And that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Ball Like a Girl, but let's keep the conversation going. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll be back next Wednesday with an all new episode, but in the meantime, subscribe to us on iTunes so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks for listening. Make it a great week, everyone.